Weirdo Weirdo Bookworms Unite! Unite. Do your reading tastes range from dystopian sci-fi to middle-grade fantasy? Dark psychological thrillers to gory body horror? From YA paranormal swords and sorcery? Extraterrestrials? Murder? Mayhem! And beyond! Then we want to share our love of reading with you! Welcome home. Oh, it's a horror night. It's a horror night. Oh, it's a horror night. Oh, horror night. <laughs> That's my favorite song. Um, hi, everybody. It's Sandra. It's Scott. Welcome to Genre Junkies. Um, not only do we have a horror book for you tonight, we'll be discussing Root Work by Tracy Cross. We have the author here on an I mean, interview. Not, not physically here, but here on the show. She is physically here in your home, in your car, <laughs> wherever you are listening Sitting to this. Sitting in your ears. Yeah. That is our gift to you, is a little bit of portable Tracy Cross. Um, we're so excited. That was so awesome. Like one of our first episodes of the year to kick it off with an interview. How rad is that? It was awesome. And, and Tracy is an absolute blast she's so much fun she made me laugh so hard my face hurt like my face hurt from smiling and laughing talking to this woman (laughs) this woman author yeah i think the final the you know regardless of how long the final cut of the interview will be we were talking for one heck of a lot for like hours (laughs) yeah she's just like you know we're just like we're 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 just cut from that same cloth we're the we're the people um i love it so much so uh if you've never listened to our show before friendly reminder we have a spoiler free section and a spoiler section and sometimes when we have author interviews we want to ask them or talk about something a little spoilery so that usually gets stuck in the spoiler section we kind of chop up the interview a little so the interview is spoiler free uh with the exception of a small spoiler about a completely different book <laughs> but you know we may we may have a little bit of an extra interview surprise in the spoiler section if you've read the book too okay so before we get started i think we both wanted to share with everybody that we loved megan the oh, movie megan. man oh my god we loved megan megan is really really fun it is funny it is scary it's it's everything you want in just like like almost kind of like that that 90s early 2000s kind of style of horror movie do you kind of get what i mean when i say that um I'm not sure I do, but that's okay because that's still a ringing endorsement. For me, this is how I kind of pitch the movie to people. Um, It is genuinely funny, like actually laugh out loud, very funny, and it's very self-aware. And it like, it knows exactly what it is. It knows exactly what it's doing. Um, I think it's, the acting is wonderful. I love how they made Megan. I love that she's a combination of an actress, a little actress, um, CGI and puppets. I think it just it blends together so smoothly. And um, I love her and she did nothing wrong. She is falsely oh, okay. incriminated in this movie. She's perfect. I mean, it's not really her fault. It's the way that she's made. Yeah. yeah um. The yeah. The 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 combination of practical and CG effects is so seamless, and, and it's 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 working off of the fact that that it's working off the fact that that part of the horror is that is that uncanny valley, and it just oh, it works so well. 
Well, there you have it. The Genre Junkies endorse Megan. <laughs> so without further ado, let's talk about tonight's novel, Root Work, book one of a upcoming series by Tracy Cross. The year is 1889. Set in a small Louisiana parish deep in the segregated South, Root Work follows school-age sisters, Betty, Anne, and Pee Wee, during one life-changing summer when the three of them head off to stay with their hoodoo-practicing aunt, Theodora, a powerful woman feared by the local townspeople. She teaches the girls the secrets of her craft, like how to make hot foot powder and how to whip up some gopher dust to get back at an enemy. The girls delight in their harm hoodoo adventures until a tragic event involving the town's racist sheriff promises to change their lives forever. A story of love and redemption, Rootwork explores the strength of family and the darker side of the heart. I mean, if that doesn't have your attention. It is very exciting from the very, from the very description of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we love a story of siblings. We do. Um, I particularly love uh, a story of like kind of, you know, children in kind of a, a magical realism kind of situation. So all mm-hmm. right away, absolutely kind of kind of in our wheelhouse. Yeah, there it it ticks a lot of boxes. Um we love to support women authors. We are always trying to decolonize our author list that we read from. Um, it's important stuff, and you got to support creators who you believe in. So if this is grabbing you, and it should, <laughs> then why don't you have a copy of Root Work in your hands? Actually, I know a lot of people have this because you may have gotten it in the mail if you're a nightworm. So lucky for you, you may have got one as a little early winter solstice gift. <laughs> so now you've had plenty of time to read it. But don't worry, we're not going to spoil yet. So for me, getting into this book, um, oh, also Louisiana is Oh, yeah, thing. that's and, right. And any sort of... Another um, reason why that's totally like combined wheelhouse. That's, that's, that's your... Your weakness right there. Yep. Um, Siblings, especially sisters, any sort of magical working, um, you know, witchcraft sort of different things. So, yeah, it it takes a lot of boxes. Um, I had a wonderful time reading this book, and I I found it to be definitely a page turner. I found the setting. I found the characters. I found just the rhythm and flow to the book to be very addictive, like you know, I would sit down and it's not a very long book, but I'd sit down and be like, okay, I have time for a few pages. And I'd be like, I really do not want to put this book down. So something about it, um, I found it kind of hypnotic, I guess is a way to put it. There, That's the perfect word for it. I, Because yeah. I'm sitting over here, cause I'm also giving it a page turner. Yeah. But um, there's there's something about the page turnerness of this where it, it felt like smooth, like a river, like like just yeah. kind of like like cruising down like like an inner tube down the creek. You know what I mean? Yeah. And even though like this isn't the narrative style at all, it's almost like someone's telling you a story. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. it feels kind of almost folk lore folk ish sort of feeling like you're sitting down at a fire and someone is 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 reading the story spinning you a yarn this would be 
uh, I will just say a really good audiobook. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I would very much enjoy it. And even though there's, you know, some pretty freaky stuff and some some violent stuff that happens, um, I could definitely see like tweens and teens getting into this book as well. Well for sure. For so, sure, yeah. So for that reason and somewhere I'm gonna name, um, I, I was thinking of this book as kind of straddling general and broad. Okay. So I'm gonna tell you why. <laughs> so not so obviously this book is gonna speak to the horror fans. We talk about in the interview. I think this book is going to speak to some people that like historical fiction, especially people that like kind of this time in this era. Um, I think it's going to speak to people who enjoy hoodoo. And I think it's going to, you know, speak to people who like, like we're talking about earlier, um, you know, trying to be a little anti-racist in your education and your reading and developing yourself and making yourself, uh, you know, a better citizen of the country and of the world. So you look weird. No, I'm fine. Okay. So yeah, as a part of your um, your continuing education to be a better human, if you, especially for those of us like Scott and I who aren't black, remember, you got to reach outside yourself and hear some different voices. Yeah, so for my appeal score, you'll have to listen to the interview because I give it up in there. I'm kidding. I, I'm giving this a broad. I'm not even jumping on the fence on well, it. I love I, it. Then then I'll be broad. <laughs> I think that this uh I think that this does a really good job of it is absolutely horror. And there is there is real dread and, and horror and horrible things that happen in this book. But um the way that it's written being just so cozy in a way, I yeah. think makes it very approachable. The fact that uh, there is a, a, there's an aspect of historical fiction to it mm -hmm. uh, brings in a whole different group of people. And again, for all the other reasons, it's very readable and I think enjoyable by that group of people. Um, and, and, and like you said, you know, there's so much, um, there's other representation, and I'm using very big air quotes, of hoodoo and voodoo uh, in the past, and not necessarily accurate or well-treated. Yeah, kind of maybe treated like a bad thing. Mm -hmm. Yes. And... It, it, I think it's really important to um, read something that is not only studied and researched, but um, you know, at least at least um, that is that is uh, you know that is told through legacy a little bit. If that how no, I think that makes sense. What you're saying, it's it's told through. Um it's not negative. It's not like, you know, typically in books we've read in the past would be like somebody that practice hoodoo would be like, they'd be the bad guy. Right. They wouldn't be your her your heroes and heroines. Yeah. So it's, it's a refreshing change of pace. One thing I love about this book is absolutely the characters, um, really beautiful characters that you come to care about. Um, Pee-wee. Precious Pee-wee. Pee-wee is one. All of... What I really like about the three sisters, uh, and you know, to not go too spoiler into anything, but what I really like is they all have their very specific, de defined characteristics. They're very yeah, unique, their own voices, but very much sisters. Like yeah. they, they very clearly come from you know the same household, have some sh have the same shared experiences. Mm -hmm. They grow from the same root. Mm -hmm. uh, Pun not intended, but, you know, grow into different 
to different people and to different flowers on that on that on that bush. This is getting really this, this, <laughs> this, this, plant this, is, <laughs> this is a really weird metaphor that I've created here, but I, I still uh, I, I really love the characters in this book, and but Pee-wee in particular, I will die for Pee-wee. Oh, everybody should be willing to die for Pee-wee. She's um, she's like she's reminiscent of heroines of yesteryear's books, you know, kind of like those those you know March sisters, you know, to kill a mockingbird, you know, type of. She's brave, um, she's brave, and she's real, and she's she's kind, um, and she's smart. They're all smart. Um, you can read in Tracy's biographies that she likes to write about strong black women. And just absolutely does not disappoint. These are young women with the sisters. We have mom. We have Teddy. We have Skeet. I see you, Skeet, and I love Skeet. I really like Skeet. Where's Skeet's book, Tracy? (laughs) Where is Skeet's book? All right, so now the Genre Junkies is proud to present an absolutely stellar, stunning interview with the absolute one, the only the incredible Tracy Cross. All right, genre junkies, please welcome to the show, author of Root Work, Tracy Cross. Hello. Hey. Hi, guys. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, we are so excited to have you here. We have humongous smiles on our faces. My face hurts from smiling. I, I mean- I mean, a little bit of peek behind the curtain. We've been talking for about 20 minutes before we officially started this recording. This yes. is this has been... We're this, old friends. I'm sorry for everybody who's missed out on all of this. Yeah. <laughs> it is kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. We have a business plan. We've got inside jokes. Like The word is thing. fire. Fire. The- <laughs> It's a little teaser. Fire. <laughs> Fire. Fire. Um, Tracy, thank you so, so, so much for being on the show. So tell us a little bit about what did your research look like when writing this book? Oh, my God. So it was right before COVID, I want to say. And my grandmother was... um. She was like 90, I think. But she's pretty spunky. And she was telling us about her past and we didn't, you know, like my mom, we were at my mom's house and I have two sisters and she really didn't talk about her past much. My grandmother didn't because, you know, she's 90. So she lived through a lot of Jim Crow and all of that other stuff. So when she finally starts loosening up and talking about it, I kind of was like, oh, and then she's like telling me the stories and I'm listening. And then, you know, I'm like, my mother walks by and she's like, oh, she's talking about her past. And my grandmother's blind. So I'm making this motion like, walk away, walk away. (laughs) This is for me. So I'm recording her on my phone and she's telling me all these great stories. And I'm like, I have to preserve this legacy some way. So she told me the root work story. And I was like, oh my God, I, I saw it in my head in that moment. And since my sister, my other sister's a poet, I didn't want her to snatch my idea. So <laughs> that's right. I was just like, she goes, Oh, well, do you have a recording of our grandmother? You know, when you were sitting over there talking to her and I'm just kind of like, yeah. And she's like, well, are you going to share it? And I'm like, no, <laughs> <laughs> not right now. Not yet. So I 
definitely did share it, but it was just, I had to, I had her story. And from that, I went on and did research. I think I want to say it was about two years of writing this book because I got into it and I had to do like some research on the linguistics of the South during the 1800s and stuff like that. And, and it, it just became overwhelming. It just became a beast in and of itself because I found myself speaking like the characters and everything. But I had a friend who has a degree in like folk storytelling, which I didn't know existed. And she let me help you. And she brought me these Zora Neale Hurston books. And I was like, yo, this is awesome. That kind of motivated me to get it done. Wow. What? I am like, that gave me shivers. Like, I wish I had some recordings from my grandma. She was um, she was like the first one in our family born here in America. And she had her and her whole family have just such interesting things. And, and I've lost her for so many years now. And I'm just I'm so glad you were able to get some recordings. That's amazing. Yeah, because if you don't share the legacy or the story, then what happens? It's like gone. It just disappears. And there's no one else that can tell the story. So we got recordings from her and her sister, which are hilarious. Um, because yeah, her sister cursed like a sailor all the way up until my her- type of lady. <laughs> yeah, this was, Oh, she was a bad woman. And I'm just so thankful that we got that. And we, you know, spent the time talking to them as much as we did. And I do have to thank my sister, Terry, for that, because she was all about, I need to know where our family comes from, and I need to know this and that and the third. And so she went about it, and she's done so much research. And I'm like, well, if you ever decide to quit your job, you can become like a a person that researches family history, because you were so thorough. My gosh. I mean, wow. I want to say... Uh, pre-slavery, almost. She went back to like the little 1800s on my mother's side, and then we found out on my father's side that our name Cross comes from an Irish woman that came to America. So wow, that oh my gosh, yeah, in Virginia, she came to Virginia, I think, and I was just like, what? So we have a matriarch starting our name? Like, are you serious? <laughs> Wow. That's like your sister is very talented. Wow. Genealogy and well, many other things. Yes. Yes, she is. Oh, that's so cool. So I think I might know the answer to this question now, but are the characters in Rootwork based on real people? Yes, they are. They are based on this characteristics from my um, like my mom's sister, Anne, is in there. And but she has like characteristics of my grandmother's sister. Like you what you don't know is that I have like a lot of great uncles, you know, because my grandma had about, I want to say about 15, 16 brothers and sisters. Oh, wow. So I, I grew up with the older set, which was my grandmother and her two sisters because they mm-hmm. were older and they had to care for the younger set. But they have the three characters have characteristics from everyone. So except for Pee Wee, Pee Wee was just my own straight up invention. I think that probably was just me as a curious idiot child asking (laughs) all the questions (laughs) oh well i loved all the characters in these books they in this book they really came to life for me and peewee is just mm. i will protect at all costs yes (laughs) i love her i love her so much um so what is 
the first story you remember writing. Okay. Oh, this is embarrassing. <laughs> no. Yes, it is because it's called. It was called the Secret Affair. <laughs> oh, oh, oh! I love it. No, and it was <laughs> Dynasty was big, and I had no clue what sex was, and I. Like, because Dynasty, they would just, like, close the door. Or, you know. Right. Yeah. So I would write, like, um, I remember I was taking ballet. And the girls saw me writing. And they were like, oh, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm writing a story, y'all. It's called The Secret Affair. And they were like, oh, let me see. And so the sex scenes were, like, Joe and Tracy closed the door. They came out. We had so much sex. You know? Oh my god, that's so that's so how it is for kids. Oh my god. So it just was like this. Like I didn't I had no clues. Like everybody was like swapping partners with each other. It was the 80s. It was hedonism and lots of doors were closing and opening. I had no clue what I was doing. And I just I gave it up. I'm sure that my mother has a copy somewhere in her attic that she's like holding on to dear life. Like, you know. If I win an Oscar, my mother will probably run up to the stage and go, I've got the secret affair. <laughs> and those who know, know. Oh, my God. Yes. So, but, yeah, that was the first story I wrote. And then I started writing, like, little short stories about rebellious kids, um, which back in the 80s, it was like the things that kids do now were things that we never thought about. And it was... Like, you know, I had a dream. I wrote a story about a girl that decided to, um, it was, it had, it involves a gun. So there's a trigger warning there. And she just woke up and she's just like, I'm just sick of school. So I'm just going to go and shoot everybody on the street. And oh, I'm angry. And I'm just like, but this was like in the eighties. No, right. no one ever did this. So I was like, oh my God, I found that story the other day when I was fixing my bed. And I was just like, oh my God, like, uh, you know, like this is so a big no now, you know? Right. And it's just huge. But the stories I wrote were just like kids doing all type of rebellious slash stupid things. Um, like I was inspired by the movie The Hitcher with Rutger Hauer. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Oh, and I love Rutger Hauer. I love oh, much. <laughs> idol. He's an idol. Yes. So I wrote like my little version of that. And then I had like a soundtrack in my head, like the doors, you know, riders on the storm. And I thought I was really tough, you know, (laughs) and writing these really great stories. And then you go back and you look and you go, this is crap. This is crap. What am I doing? Especially with the door closing. What is that all about? Oh my, no, that is perfect. Because I grew up watching, and I know Scott did too, with our grandmas, the daytime soaps. Yes. And it's like everything just gets kind of like Vaseline smeared and yeah. fade to black. And so, no, I under, I get you. All my children and young and yes. restless. Yes. Yes. One life to live. <laughs> but think about how many people have just like stopped writing or doing anything else because it's like, like in writing, there's one thing that they can't write. Like they can't write a sex scene. Like, oh, I just, I can't finish this book. I can't write this. I think more people should just be able to write. They close the door and then move on with Fate the story. Black. Yeah. Yes. Doors closing and then everyone in the world will be like, oh, there was sex there. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> there was a sex. They did a sex. They did a sex thing. And then they just move on. See? Yep. No one's uncomfortable. There's no awkwardness to it. I think that's just fantastic. We should make that. We should add that to our little pre-chat uh, conversations. Agree. <laughs> <laughs> 
So what so obviously your writing has progressed since then. Tell us about your writing process and what your favorite part of it is. Honestly, um my writing process is I like to listen to people. Um I and so I take the bus to work uh because I just I live in Washington DC and I don't really need a car. Mm-hmm. So I like to listen to conversations, you know, and um write down things that I hear. Like just have I have random ideas or like I'll see a little kid and I know that I wrote a story about a little girl that was a horrible child and she told our babysitter that there were monsters in the basement. So my ongoing theme is like children are jerks, basically. All children are jerks. Yes. A lot of this is based on like I have a niece and nephew, like I would watch them and they would, you know, and then I was a babysitter growing up and you just like, how 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 could you do so much in such a small time frame? Like, you know, what I'm watching you and then you go in and you come back out and you are just covered in dirt. What happened? (laughs) So I'll like think of things from my childhood, but the whole process is I'll start writing it and then I'll just let it sit for like six weeks, whatever. And then I'll come back to it and try and figure out, you know, like work it out. And then I'll submit it like I'm in a little writing group. But the best part of writing is when you hit, because I'm a horror writer, when you hit that one thing and you're showing it to your group and the group is just like, oh my God, that scared the bejesus out of me. And you're like, yes, yes that's the one. That's mm. the one I wrote. There was one called Tika Zika, where there was a bug that got into this apartment and it um, basically like killed everything but it was the way that I wrote it and I remember I sent it to my critique group and the one guy was like are you talking about the bug and we're like yeah, we're talking about he's like I'm out and he <laughs> muted his tv he muted his screen and he was like you wave when you're done talking about that and I'm like well what's the deal with you and he's like I have a thing about bugs I can't oh. I can't with this I can't with this story I could barely finish it and I'm like yes I need to mm. answer bugs you know but that's like the best part because you get to see like the the reaction which is awesome but not all the time but most of the time like when my mom calls me and she's like I can't finish reading this because it's too scary and I'm just like mom I really wanted you to finish it you know mm-hmm. my dad will call my sister and go is your sister okay because like I read the story she wrote and I'm really worried about her <laughs> There is no greater compliment for a horror writer, I don't think, than that. Then, yeah. like, people are like, I'm disturbed. I can't finish it. What's wrong with you? But, I mean, that's what we that's what we as horror people want. Yeah. Well, it's like when they meet me and they're like, oh, oh, you wrote that. And I'm like, yeah, that's, yeah, the same. Person, but you look so normal. <laughs> You're like, well, it's because I'm wearing my human suit right now. Yeah, you know, it's just like, oh, that old pagan madness. That's on the third Sunday, honey. Um, it terrifies me to no end the amount of glee that you find in finding out what scares other people because um and we're not gonna repeat what it was. No, nope. we shared with you before we started recording something that terrifies the both of us that a lot of people don't know. And so now I'm worried. <laughs> no, I secret. I told you it goes in the vault. It goes in the vault. <laughs> <laughs> so I think right when you hit on what scares people and you don't know that it scares them. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because then you're like, oh, now that I know, we're going here. <laughs> right. You've tapped into something. Yeah. Yeah. So for those who don't know much about Tracy, Tracy is 
like she she is one of us. She is a real true horror fan. And I cannot tell you how much I love that because I love I mean, obviously, people who write horror love horror. But it's like when you're a true down to your bones horror fan, we are just kindred spirits when we find each other. Thank you. (laughs) Yes. Um, Because you have like some cool pictures of you. I love your purge picture. Oh, my God. Yes. That was awesome. So cool. So for those who don't understand, why horror? What brought you to horror? When did horror enter your life and become an obsession? My parents grew up in the 60s. And I remember my dad would talk about Outer Limits. And and so the (laughs) the first time I watched that show, I freaked out because I was, because, well, this is for everyone who is not of the now, but we had TVs that had black and white. They were only. A- <laughs> so it's like, do not attempt to control your television. And I'm like, dad, dad, <laughs> so, so like, the screen is doing the outer limits thing. And he's like, no, baby, that's just the show. And I'm like, are you sure these people are not in my TV? Cause I don't know what's happening. And he's like, no. So I well, watched that. And then I decided this is too, too grown for me. So let me just go back. <laughs> and try something lighter. So I watched like the Twilight Zone. I had older cousins and we would always go see like Friday the 13th. That was when those were coming out and they were all big, you know, those kinds of movies. So it was something that I I fell into because everyone around me was in it. Like my mom took me to see Alien. Um, I was, I had to be like, what that come out in 77? Something like that. Six or seven. And my little sister went too. And she was like three or four. And you you think about that now. You're just like, why why would you do that? (laughs) (laughs) How could you take us there? But um, I remember like the John Hurt scene and the alien running across the table, which I thought was funny because it looked like it had a little smile on his face. Like, (laughs) you know, (laughs) awesome look at this you know so I just it was like a thing like how far can I scare myself but then my sister was really deep into horror and she um would watch movies like Videodrome Scanners and she's like oh my god like then she would come and give me like a kid's version of a synopsis like Tracy the head went into the tv and Videodrome like what and she's like, their heads were going into the TV. And I'm just like, I need to see this, but maybe not. You know, she just, and so I was like, I'd, I'd like, okay, I'm too scared to watch that. I'm not going to watch that. So we would read a lot. And then I read like a lot of um, Douglas Winter, Prime Evil, where that was my first anthology that I read. And I just was like, I love it. And then I found Richard Matheson. Short story, Blood Son. If you haven't read that story, you're just not. No, you just you can't even hang with me because Blood Son was the best horror story about a little boy that changes his name to Jules Dracula and wants to be a vampire so bad. Oh my gosh, our type of guy. Yeah, he snaps out of it at the end, and then something happens. But I'm like, this, this is it. You know, I read, I'm, this is it. I, I need this this Richard Matheson character. Oh my God, this guy is so awesome. So I started <laughs> reading his work and then I started reading Charles Beaumont. And I'm just like, from there it just took off because then that was when a new horror imprint came out and Poppy Z. Bright was- bright. Oh yes, Poppy Z. Bright. 
And I was like, oh, let me get this because we uh, would go to uh, Walden Books. Walden Books always had the good horror. So yes, would, it did. I remember. Yeah. And I would pick up like the Poppy Z. Bright books and stuff and, you know, everything. So that's how I got into it. And it was just more about like, let me see how bad I can scare myself here. So mm. it just kind of escalated from there because then you'd watch things like Deadbringers and then you get into like different genres of horror, which I didn't know at the time, but I do know now. And I was just like, I'm not a blood and guts horror. I'm more of a like internal mind, like, oh my God, I can see myself in their horror. You know, mm. nowadays I watched like uh, Junji Ito. Uh, yeah, I like his stuff. <laughs> thing just came on Netflix and I watched that with my nephew yesterday and he was like, I like this. And I'm like, I know, I know. I know. I'm here for you. But <laughs> I will be your guide. Yeah. So it's like that stuff now. Now there's so much horror. You know, you can't help but love it. And I'm just so happy because there's so many different types. And then you have so many different people telling their stories, which is really great. Because now with more people of color coming forward, now we're getting like the spin on the different types of horror. You know, like you have Native American horror, like what they kind of experience, or like an Indian horror movie or something like that, which is just for somebody like me, it's just like being at a buffet with like all types of fried fish that I could stand and just I'm just standing there salivating, like, what do I do? You know? <laughs> Oh, no, I love that. So I love your origin story. I think that's fantastic. Um, Junji Ito is everything. I love that you mentioned Poppy Z. Bright, someone that I love. Uh, have you read Exquisite Corpse? I see, I see this popping up. Now, is this a re-release or? I mean, I don't know. If, I think that it's gained a little, it's gained a new life, like on TikTok and stuff. Because I read all of the Poppy Z. Bright. And the thing was, it was Poppy Z. Bright. And then I went into this whole vampire phase after that. Mm -hmm. So I was talking to V. Castro and we were talking about like, I shudder at your touch, how that was a really great book. And she's like, she mentioned it. And I was like, yes, yes, it was. And we were like the only two people in the room that looked at each other. And, like, we love that book. So, but Poppy Z. Bright edited a lot of those. So I know wow. I, I say I read it, but I can't remember. I'm so old. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I know the I know the feeling. Um, we have not gotten to interview V Castro yet, but I love V Castro, so that's really cool. She's so great. I love her so much. And her uh, book on uh, alien Vasquez from Aliens, delicious. Ooh, Del yes, it's great. Ooh, God, Alien is such a that's just a a wealth. You could do a whole podcast on Alien. I can do, you know, you could do a whole podcast on the second one alone. Like I've seen aliens so many times that we actually, my family uses lines from that. Like we're like, on the ready line, Marines, you know, <laughs> that, but I will tell you, I saw it four times before I realized there was music. And my dad goes, you know, there's music. And I'm like, wait, wait, what? And he's like, there's music and aliens. I'm like, nah. -uh. <laughs> and then I, <laughs> nah. -uh. Yeah, I was like, I'm focusing so hard on them getting out of the alien and, and the little and the, the thing when they got hit first time. And I'm like, I will be dipped. There is music here. Look at this. You know, it was very surprising. But I was like, wow. Now I can't help but hear it when I watch it. So you do enjoy sci-fi? A little bit? A little sci-fi horror? A little when you start <laughs> having like like separate worlds and spin-offs and maps and stuff. Can't 
<laughs> like <laughs> I, I tried Game of Thrones, y'all. I really, I tried so hard. And then like my sister was like, well, just watch one episode. So I picked the episode <laughs> to watch and I called her and I said, there's so many things wrong with this. And she's like, what? And I'm like, well, who is this Jon Snow? And everybody's just lining up to stab him. And what the hell are these white walkers? And and this brother, and what is this sex? And just what is happening here? There's incest and everything. And she's like, you idiot, you watched the season finale. And I'm like, and you're telling me you can't watch Fear the Walking Dead because I just watched this crap. And it's like, what the hell? I don't know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You're like, I'm not Indiana Jones. I don't need all these maps. What's 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 going on? I remember I did try sci-fi so hard. And there's like some really great science fiction on TV. Um, I think George R.R. Martin did something like uh, something on Sci-Fi Channel. My friends call me and they tell me. And I'm like, yeah, I'll give it a chance. Sure. And you know, <laughs> watch it. But I just I really want to. I mean, I love Star Wars, but. Yay. I'm not Lord of the Rings. Yeah. yeah. You know, I couldn't see the eye for years. I'm like, what is that? And then I have, I'm the only one in the theater going, why don't they just fly over? Just take, just take the bird and just fly. Oh, oh you're, you're one so of the, right. you're one you're of, right. no. No, you are oh, right. I, oh, I could go, oh, see, okay, this could turn into a whole two hour diatribe of why they couldn't take the eagles. <laughs> Oh my god! Like, we they have the birds. They have the trees. Why can't they just, just do it? I love. Th- I love it. I love what you're saying. Yeah, I'm just like, come on, y'all. This is done, you know. But then I did kind of like the part with Gandalf when he came. He came back as Gandalf the red, or Gandalf the white, and all of that. Gandalf the gray. I was like, oh my god, look at that. Looking so good, yeah. We love a good map here at Genre Junkies. Oh, we do. So, we do. so I, I can't. I can't ride with you on that. We actually had an author who we who we. Bullied into we making bullied a map. Into making a map. She, oh. she sent us one. It was like drawn on on like a. It was it was on like a napkin, wasn't or something. it? Something. Yeah, it was like <laughs> here's your goddamn map. <laughs> but I have a new goal now. Uh, whenever I uh, whenever I go to our appeal score on books, my new goal is to find a sci fi book and a fantasy book for you specifically. Oh, well, you know. What's that? Oh, he did the time travel book where time was like doors. Oh, I can't think of his name. I want to say Blake Nelson, but that's not Blake it. Blake Crouch? Yes. I love his books. Oh, my okay. God. Yes. Okay. So can I come back in? I mean, I love those books. The <laughs> yeah, last- we can commence. We can commence. There we go. <laughs> Perfect. Yes. Completely. Like, I was like, it came out. And even though I work in the library, I couldn't wait. And I went like, and I bought like an audio version of the book online so I could listen to it at work. And I'm, I think I listened to it in like a day. And I was just like, oh my God, I love this book. Cause I'm like, Blake Crouch has some new stuff coming out. Yes. You know, but <laughs> that's about the extent of it. The first one with the, the dark matter was the yes. one with the fiction is doors time is doors there was a scene in the book that i'm like if they make this into a movie it is going to be the best scene ever where the protagonist is walking down the hall and yeah i know exactly what you're gonna say so well, and he saw a version of himself running the mm-hmm. opposite direction and it was just a silent scream in this guy's face and i'm like this is the best written scene it's so visual you could see it 
you know, and then just the screaming guy running by him, but no sound. And I'm like, I'm telling everybody, like, you got to read this book by Blake Crouch. You got to read it. You got to read it. It was like, that was my drug. Oh, I love that. I love those books. Love them. Oh my God. No, that that's my favorite scene. That's why I was like, I know exactly. I know exactly what you're talking about. I know it. It's perfect. It's perfect. So we've covered some genres. Um, Root work is not only horror, but it's also historical fiction. Is historical fiction and history in general, is that kind of an interest of yours? Actually, I didn't think about that when I was writing it. I was just, I know I had to do the research, but I wasn't, because I see like it's classified on Amazon as African-American historical fiction. And I'm like, but that's weird because I didn't think of it as historical fiction. I just kind of went with the horror aspect of it. Sure. And, you know, I I don't know. I I have nothing else to add to that because I just I don't think of it as that. I just think of it as like me sharing the story that my grandma told me. But I guess that could be considered historical. But I'm thinking like if there's a category for like legacy fiction, Mm -hmm. you know, or something like that. Legacy horror. That's it. But I never thought of it as historical. That really caught me off guard. That's kind of cool. It's kind of just, it ended up that way, but that could always be nice. Cause that could bring, you know, people that like the historical that they could be like, well, I'll give this a try. I'm not totally a horror person, but it's always kind of nice when, you know, these things kind of cross over. Yeah. It, it opens up to a whole, like a whole new set of people that can read it if they like historical, but I just don't want to like, I'm, I'm such a sensitive Pisces because I just don't want, you like historical fiction. <laughs> don't, don't go over this. Uh, because there's some really bad things that happen towards the end. So let's just, you know, just read it for the aspect of it. But I don't want anybody to get like freaked out or anything by it. I guess I need a trigger warning on it. But I just well, okay, I, I'm going to put this I'm going to put this right here. We're going to we're going to change the structure of our podcast right here. I'm going to talk about my appeal score right here in the interview. What? I disagree. I disagree you with you. <gasps> I disagree with you when you say that you don't want that you're afraid of people who are interested in historical fiction reading this because I think that that is the bridge into this horror book. Yes, I agree. No, I agree with you. I, I think <laughs> the fact that it ties in, you know, kind of different interests it will bring people into a horror book which typically for me at least starts at niche and only can only you know get bigger from there it brings it to a broad appeal in my opinion i really do yeah i can see where it could open doors and bring people in but it's just that that one scene is so strong it is it is. Yeah. But, you know, there's a lot of people who are into science fiction who can't handle horror that I think Blake Crouch maybe brings them in. There just like there are people who aren't really into science fiction but love horror but also love Blake Crouch. Kind of the same example. It's true. It can it can open a lot of doors. Well, let's let the doors keep opening, Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> um, one thing I wanted to just kind of comment on, too, while we have you is the cover art of Root Work um, art by Ryan Mills cover design by Rob Carroll and of course this is a dark heart book gosh I love the way this book looks Yeah, I it's gorgeous we have been working on that cover for a while and I was I, Rob sent the final print to me and I was like I like it but let's make it look like old and like you so can you put like some raggedy edges on it maybe throw a little sepia over the top you know i have a little art training so 
when he did that, I was like, that is because I want the book to look worn and used and old because of the time frame of the book. And I just think it would add so much to it. So I, that was, it was great. It was a great process working on that because they took me step by step. You know, you gotta love Dark Heart. You gotta love them because they're just like, every step, Tracy, we're going to show you this. We're going to do this, you know, and I'm, I appreciated that so much. So one thing we always like to ask, and you've given us actually a ton of great recommendations today, but I would love it if you wanted to throw out any further horror movie or book recommendations that you'd like to get on people's radar from Horror Writer Association member Tracy Cross. Oh, my God. Thank you for this moment. I'm, I'm <laughs> standing in my house, like, bowing. Okay, so let's do this. Intacto is a Spanish movie about luck. I cannot talk about this movie enough. It is so awesome. It's it's just, oh my God. So basically you trade on your luck. So there's a guy who survived the plane crash. He was the only person that survived and he got all the millions of dollars and everything. So he he's an object, right? So if you want luck, you touch this guy and then you go and you make these bets. This movie was so awesome because there's a scene where you have to trust the luck and you run, they're running through the woods and there are trees everywhere and they're running blindfolded. And I mean, it's the savagery of it. It's everything, but they do like so many weird things. Like they have this stuff they put on their heads and then they like bet to see if like this giant grasshopper will land on their heads. That's a movie I would totally recommend to share with anyone because it's really good. Series seven, the contenders, one of mm -hmm. my favorite movies ever that never gets all the love that it should and just trivia wise the girl that stars in that one was also in silence of the lamb she was the girl in the in the well um oh yeah uh what is another one I, okay I, i've never seen either of these movies so i'm already like this is important if once you see it you'll just be like oh oh tracy what is wrong with you there's another one called three extreme which was asian cinema and my favorite one is dumplings. Oh my god! I do know dumplings. Yes, yes. I made my dad watch that, and he just looked at me, and he just goes, "What the hell is wrong with you?" And I'm like, "Dad!" But then if you call him up and you just whisper dumplings into the phone, he'll be like, "Oh, damn it, Tracy! Damn it, damn it!" He just gets so upset. Oh my god! I think about dumplings, and I mean, I love it, but yeah, my stomach does a little flippy, flippity floppity. What? else because i just i love foreign horror because it's like more supernatural um, ah. than american horror like they're more open to more supernatural aspects than american horror but those are my like top three um if i ever had to recommend to anyone in tacto especially and then like you know the whole um mr Venge the vengeance series sympathy for mr vengeance yes play. Lady Vengeance. I recommend Lady Vengeance above all because that chick was ruthless. And that was, that was some stuff that you watch it and you're just like, what? And I, I'm like, would, did any of this really happen? But it was like she had a plan and she mm -hmm. went with her plan all the way to the end of the movie. And I was like, this is this is fantastic. This is cool. Yeah. So I love that one. Um, Gorgeous series of movies. Yes, that one. And then I read a book called um, 
I was reading these like YA gothic-y kind of novels, like Dark Academia. I can't find anything to sate my love for Dark Academia. But I did read um, The Companion. That's a good one mm-hmm. with Earl. Uh, I can't think of who the author is. I'd have to probably try and find that one. But that was a really great one. Um, oh, my gosh. What was the one? with the? It was Three Sisters, and they had hair white like The House of Hollow. Which we reviewed. Yes. Yeah. You guys reviewed it and I loved it. Loved it. Oh, yes. Like four times. I'm like, they've got to make this into a movie because you know who I like? The little girl that was in the village with the shotgun that they went to. I was like, I could see this. I could see this little one. And then when she, okay, when she died, I'm just sneaking that in there. I was like, oh, come on. She's like, I need like her whole backstory. Like people are telling me, oh, we want some more short stories with like, the Native American in your book and the aunt. And I'm like, I want the story of that little girl from House of Hollow. I really want that one. Could we have that girl team up with Pee Wee for like a little buddy adventure? She would shoot Pee Wee, I think, after about five minutes. (laughs) (laughs) No, No, that's impossible. She'd just fall in love. She's so inquisitive. She's like, why you got that shotgun? What you gonna do with that shotgun? (laughs) Where are you going with that shotgun? You know, I, I could just see it. She's just like, no, we don't talk at this part. <laughs> She's like, Pee Wee, no, no. Those are my recommendations, like, so far. If I could think of anything else, I'll, like, email them. Those are so good. That's such a good list right there for everybody to do their homework. Yes. And there's a movie called Eros, which I was telling my friend about. And um, there's a movie, a sh- it's a sh- series of like short movies, and it's called The Hand. And it's directed by Wong Kar Wai, which he does this thing with colors where he like layers them and they look so lush. And it's just about a woman's hand behind a curtain. And this guy comes and he'll like see her and then she does stuff with the, with the hand. But it's just so beautifully filmed. And it I just love that one, too. Robert Downey Jr. is in a short uh, in that movie, Eros, too. I think Steven Soderbergh directed that one, where he's seeing a psychiatrist or something. You don't have to watch all of the three. Just watch Eros. <laughs> That's, <laughs> for the color. That's enough to get the grade. Yes, yes. Speaking of the grade... A little birdie told us that you're getting your MFA. Yes. Talk to us about that. I am, please don't stop me, going to Seton Hill University. And I'm working on my MFA in popular fiction because I just feel I have so many different things happening in my life right now. My, my daughter, my youngest daughter has special needs. She's very high functioning, but she has Down syndrome. So there's that. And there's so many, you know, when you become an adult, no one really tells you all about the adulting things that you have to do. (laughs) And so I'm like super adulting hard, but I just feel like I need to hone in and focus more on my writing, which is why I went for the program. I know they're like, why are you here? And there's so many other aspects. Like, would I like to write a dark academia story? I sure would. I would love to. I would like to write a story with black witches. I would love to write that. But I just don't have the wherewithal, the focus, or I don't want to say the talent, but just the patience to do it. So I'm hoping that by focusing on my MFA and dealing with all the different categories that I can hopefully branch out you know, and write about dark academia with a whole bunch of characters of color in it or, you know, YA or anything like that. Something that would inspire my teenage niece (laughs) to Mm -hmm. my work. (laughs) 
Well, that's awesome. And no, talent's definitely not part of the equation. Um, I will read all of your books about black witches and dark academia. <laughs> well, if you see any familiar names, know that my sisters like held my arm behind my back and made me put them in there. Like, you have to put them up. <laughs> I want to be a witch. I want to be a powerful witch. Like, okay, fine. Yeah, yeah. You're in a book. (laughs) (laughs) It's fine. So there's a lot of talk out there about what your ghost outfit would be. Like, if you know you're going to die, you know you got to put on your ghost outfit real quick so that, like, that's what you look like as a ghost. Oh, that's it. What is your ghost outfit? It would be all black, of course. It would be all black. So if my ghost outfit, it would be, like, my really old Doc Martens that I've had for like 10 years now and they they smell awful but god help it <laughs> I, I love <laughs> shoes because once you get a pair of Doc Martens broken in you're just like they will never leave my feet so yes. I'll be like oh you could smell that ghost coming back with the stinky shoes um <laughs> but it would be black turtleneck with gold hoop earrings and black jeans and those smelly black Doc Martens, that, that's what it would be. And I, I would be a bad ghost, though. I'd be a pretty cool ghost, I think. Maybe a little mischief? A little. I would do things like, you ever see the video of a cat like pushing a Coke can at the edge of the table? When oh, of course. We, we live, live that. that. We live that, yeah. yeah. I would be that cat. I would just be like pushing stuff to the edge of the table. Or maybe push pulling a chair out further than it should. Just because I could laugh in the afterlife. You're breaking your neck, but I would be laughing. And they're like, there's a funny sound in here. You know, God forbid if they had Q-tips and they'd stick them in my eyes. But I would be laughing really hard in the afterlife. Just moving stuff around. Because I think that would be I, awesome. So I love it because what I'm getting is like um, the Sour Patch Kid energy. First they're sour, then they're sweet. Like... Maybe a little prank, but then you'd probably also like maybe inspire them to like write a novel about you as a ghost. I would whisper, be like, <gasps> you know, like think about it like this, you know, Tracy was an innocent girl, but she did bad things. What kind of bad things did she do to you? You know, just something like that. I'd get up in the air and whisper. I'd probably try and infiltrate a dream because I just, my brain is going all places here, like dreamscape. You know, getting there like, I'm the one that's knocking your glasses off the table. Ha ha ha. You can't touch me. <laughs> I love it. I knew you would not disappoint with that question. I just knew it. <laughs> well, I was also, I'm also clairvoyant. I had a misadventure uh, where I could smell and hear ghosts. And the group of people that I was with were like, no. And I'm just like freaking out because I'm the only one that's having like, this ghost touching me and stuff. And I'm like, you better stop touching me. And they're like, no one's around you. And I'm like, all right, whatever, whatever, you know, but it was, it was kind of scary, you know, but conversely, my mom would buy my sister and I Ouija boards all the time. So I'm like, if she knew that we had this kind of clairvoyance, was she trying to kill us? Like (laughs) what was the madness behind that? We'd buy a Ouija, she'd buy a Ouija board and then we'd, We'd be like, oh, we're done playing with it. You know, me and my sister yeah. throw it out or whatever. And then next Christmas, I bought you guys another Ouija board. And I'm like, what are you trying to get out of us, mom? Like, <laughs> She's I- like a stage mom, but like for clairvoyant children. <laughs> yeah. Well, you tell me what happens with the planchette downstairs. Like, I don't, what? What? No. <laughs> no. That's awesome. That is, it's actually a pretty, that's a pretty cute story. I got to say. <laughs> well, thank you so 
so, so much for being on the show today. I, I am so excited for our listeners to get to meet you and hear from you. And if they haven't already, read this book. So where can people find you to stay up to date with what's going on? Well, you can see my Purge pictures on uh, Instagram. <laughs> you can enjoy that. And I believe that would be under, I always get, because I have like so many accounts and they're all variations of Tracy C. Wrights or Tracy Cross Wrights. Yeah, Tracy Cross Wrights on Instagram. Um, Tracy Cross Online is my website. And then Tracy C. Wrights is my Twitter. So you can live in my head vicariously there if you want, if you dare. But yeah, that's about it. And, you know, if you message me on Instagram, I'm not too big for my britches yet. So I I will respond. I love things to messages like, oh, my God, this is so great. Thank you. I'm like a kid at Christmas. Like, I got a new message, y'all. You know, I get so excited. (laughs) Get in on the ground floor. That's right. Oprah. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, bookworm buddy, don't forget subscribe rate and review and while you're at it find us on instagram at genre junkies thanks for the interview tracy (laughs) yay yay Uh, i wish she was on for the rest of this episode i wish she was here right now our 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 new third (laughs) (laughs) co-host so all right everybody we are now officially in the spoiler section please if you have not read this book go read it what are you doing and if you have read the book welcome yeah good for you 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 understood the assignment. So, okay, let's there, there, there's two like there's two big scenes that I feel like this this book it leads itself up to. Would you agree with that? Oh my gosh. And well, there's there's two big scenes. The first one is obviously the scene with the sheriff getting his yes. just desserts. Um my heart was in my wrote i think tracy did such a cool job of building tension Mm -hmm. leading up to that scene and the fact that you know we're kind of you know we're being led through this story by the girls so we're kind of like we kind of know a little but we kind of don't know a little Mm -hmm. you know just like them um so I, i thought that was a great use of just building that tension the the other thing is the tension that the book was building, and part of this is because of the genre and the subject matter that it's in, or or, or maybe just my own preconceived notions, it felt like it was building towards a different kind of horror climax. Mm. And so it came as such a delightful shock that it was so human and horrific and you know, non-supernatural, this whole scene, I was not expecting Pa to die in this book. Oh, my I God. did not think that the parents were at risk. I really didn't. I really did not feel like the parents were at risk. And so it hit all the harder when I had this tension that was building from the book, like, oh, these are nice things. And this yeah. is kind of a, uh, this is kind of you know, scary stuff, but it's, we know that this is horror and this is coming somewhere and to have it be just so heartbreaking. Oh yeah. So that's what you mean. The, the non-supernatural 
first big event is Pod dying. Correct. So at this point, um, you know, we've already established that Pee-wee is a clairvoyant. And so she, you know, we know she kind of sees ghosts. So then she's like, she's kind of seeing Pod, but I'm kind of like holding out hope that like, well, I mean, maybe he's not fully gone. <laughs> you know, maybe he's he's going to be going to be okay. Um, you know, and so it was, yeah. yeah, it was heartbreaking, um, when he wasn't okay. And yeah, cause he just seemed like, I mean, he wasn't perfect. Who is, but, but uh, you know, again, I cared he about was him. just, he was murdered. He, he was, was murdered. just murdered. Yeah. There wasn't, you know, some, some supernatural force that took him. No. There was no possession or anything like that. He it's was just, just murdered. murdered. Yeah. Earlier on, you've talked about, um, the big moment in the book, the 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 big horror that, and I'll be honest, you seem kind of self conscious about how horrible it is. Um, can you talk about writing that scene for us? Okay, so that's the part of the story that my grandmother told me that was true. <gasps> Holy shit! That was the true part. She um, said, "Awesome." That, um, someone got shot. And I think it was her great, her grandmother's grandmother or something like that shot the guy that shot the husband and the real life. She said, leave that body. That's my body. And so they went and got the sheriff and the sheriff comes to the house and he says, you know what he says in the book all. And they're like, well, aren't you going to do some justice here? You know, this, the, the kids were like, he shot like my granddad you know, shot my dad. Like, aren't you going to do something? And the sheriff's like, what? What do you want me to do? All I see is some niggers killing niggers here. And you just like, when she told me that, I was like, what? He said these words? And she's like, yeah. He said these words to um, everyone there. And then he just left. He just left them there. And I I said, I, I, I just was like, even now, Thinking back to it, I'm just like speechless. Like, um, I can't even mm. imagine, you know, I mean, someone called me a colored girl once and I said, well, what color am I? You know, and she just was like so upset about it. But I'm so upset, not imagine, you know, this, you know, you called in the police to help you and they're just like, nah, just go about your business, doing what you're doing. And it's <sighs> But that was the true part. That was the true part of the story that she told me. And it was, you know, it seems so weird and almost you kind of want that to happen like now ish with all of this crap that's happening in the world. But right. you know, I've just I, I've had to figure out a way to work that in. And I think that is the big catalyst that shapes everything that to come you know everything that happens later on in the book where the sisters get split up and people were like why did you do that you know and I'm like like my grandmother was like yeah the levy would break they wouldn't tell us so did we get flooded out you know (gasps) their choice so I mean all of that stuff can actually happen um it actually did happen and it was just I had to figure out a way to get it in the story to amp it up now the now now the part that didn't happen was the skinning of the sheriff that did not happen. <laughs> oh that's too bad that's that's unfortunate yeah no I know you really want it to happen but that that didn't happen um I did do massive research on that though and there are books made out of human skin that are floating mm-hmm. around in the netherlands yeah. but, uh fascinating I, I threw that in for my grandma. She never read it. She never knew it. But I'm, my mom read the book. So I'm just like, yeah, that's the that's the the uh, vengeance that I got on a share for you. Because some, some one person was just like, could you have stretched it out more? <laughs> like, 
I can't stretch it out more. <laughs> stretch out what? The skin? It, cur- it turned into a book. <laughs> you know, I'm just like, I. It, it, what do you want me to, like, did you want me to go through the step-by-step? I did step-by-step processing here. This is how you skin a person. I, you know, I skin here and there, but I don't know. How much more do you want me to do? I'm just like, I, don't, I just enjoyed it way too much. <laughs> what the person yeah. told me way too much it's a it's a poetic justice and yeah it's um it's very satisfying scene i will say i mean it's hard it's hard to read it's horrific sure but um couldn't happen to a nicer guy let's put it that way yeah and the sisters coming together and then like the storm and peewee being possessed that was like even more i was i just really was going with the power of three like i'm on charm or something he was just murdered murdered yeah and that man that 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 broke me a little bit in yeah. the moment um broke me even more to find out that it was a real story whole i as i said in the interview holy shit yeah like i mean you know this happens this happens today this happens yes. in the past this is a disgusting part of the world that we live in and we've got to fight to make better but it's like the devastation and the fact that like you know this isn't a footnote in history. This, these were people's loved ones. These were their friends and family. And this story, this tragedy has been passed down because we don't want to forget about these people that horrible things happen to because they're real people. They're not just victims. They're real people. It's real things that happened. And there has been such a story. There's, there's been such a strong effort to erase these experiences. Oh, yeah. Erase people's voices. Absolutely. And so it's really important to have them told. And, you know, it's really powerful to to read them and, he- and hear them. Um, speaking of kind of hearing <laughs> hearing voices in kind of a different way, um, I love that Pee-wee's clairvoyant. I-, I think that the scene with the little boy that she first meets is really sad, Bo's son. Um, but it's really cute at the same time. I found it really just precious and adorable, and it, it endeared me to Pee-wee even more. And the little boy was so cute and so so kind of pure, and then his his grandma kind of coming at the end and getting to say his goodbyes and pass over peacefully. Um, very, very sweet for a horror book. Yeah. I'm not really good with ghosts. I know. Scott's like, oh my God, ghost child, go away. Um, especially that, I like, that seems like the kind of ghost that you'd be like, oh, you're, that's really sweet. That's really nice. That's actually like something. That's the kind of ghost that kind of gets to me uh-huh. because it feels real. Well, he's sentient. And, he's communicating. Yeah. yeah. And it feels kind of sad to me. Oh, yeah. As it's well. Bitter, it's bittersweet. And that, the combination of of that of you know it being kind of sad and being real makes me uncomfortable even even as i'm enjoying it even as i'm as i'm really liking it it's like you just feel like somebody's looking over your shoulder i don't know if that was supposed to be horror as much as it was it was for me though if you're afraid of ghosts like scott oh, it, yeah. it sure was mm-hmm. um if you're pro ghost ghost loving like me it's just a, a delicious little um semi sweet chocolate chip cookie a little bittersweet a <laughs> little bittersweet um so yeah we had talked about uh, touched on a little bit the sheriff and his his uh demise you know he's such an evil odious character and sometimes you just 
you just want to see a little bit of some kind of justice get done. Oh, and and was justice ever done? Yeah, um, that's a really great scene. Like I said, not only the tension leading up to it, but then we have um, Pee Wee getting ridden, getting possessed and stuff too. And that was really cool because it's um, what I kind of interpreted as is putting a little extra respect on Pee Wee. Mm-hmm. You know? Excellent visuals for that. Too. Oh my god! Very cinematic. Scene. Um, I, very cinematic. I, I can picture it. I feel like this is going to be one of those scenes where you know, nine months from now, I'll say, "Hey, what movie was this in?" And you're going to say to me, "That was What's in the, the movie." Book. Yeah, exactly. Um, th- the way that it's like her head is almost touching her feet, ah! being bent backwards. It's like yes. I, I see it. Yeah. Um, I can see her little like dress. I can see her little boots. <laughs> I do not thank you for it. And at the same time, I very much do. Really cool. And see again, that was a scene where I mean I was I was I was I was horrified. I was a little grossed out, but by the whole thing. But I actually really like gleefully enjoyed that scene. Yes. Because it's like this this is exactly this is this this needs to happen. This yeah. is what I want to happen to this to this We've been building to this. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, I love I love a good, you know, revenge story. Oh, and, I, and what I like about it too is it didn't feel too revengey at the same time. There is a purpose to it. Like mm-hmm. um the the fact that his skin was used to bind the book. I thought that was cool. I think that that's like, you know, here is this horrible person and we've now done a, a a horrible thing to him that he, you know, probably pretty much inarguably deserved. Right. Yeah. There's no fans of the sheriff. But but using that event, using that material for something good, for something positive. Something important. Yes. Something important, I think, is more like to, to the point of it. And kind of speaking of cinematic scenes, um, the whole kind of secondary climax with the flood Ooh. and the rain and the levee, that was really good. That was really, really good stuff too. Um, I want to make sure we, we touch on Theodora, Aunt Teddy. Um, I absolutely adore, adore Aunt Teddy. I think she's amazing. I can't wait to learn more about her and further books. I want to learn more about everybody, but she has a really kind of interesting story. And we have to remember this is set in the past when women were not independent mm-hmm. um, at that time <laughs> in that place. Um, you know, and she does kind of like she wants to live on her own terms and she doesn't want to, you know, kind of conform and follow society's rules and be a nice, pleasant homemaker and, you know, do, do all that stuff. She serves her community with a very, very important job. And with that comes a lot of dignity and respect and confidence. You can't be like, oh, kind of meek and oh, well, maybe use this powder you know it's like this no, is what this is what you do this is what you use badassery mm-hmm. yeah so i really really like her um i definitely connected with her and peewee the most um of course i'm gonna see a little bit of myself in peewee because i'm the youngest <laughs> and headstrong and tries to do the right thing <laughs> but it's kind of wanders mis- off in the middle oh of grocery God. stores i wander off everywhere <laughs> i would wander off in a storm too um yeah so it's really it's really cool when you can like 
see like, oh, that's like a little bit of me. I see a little bit of me in that character too. And I was not kidding um, at all talking about Skeet and Bump. I loved those two characters. Um, I had a hard time saying goodbye to them at the end of the book. Those were the two characters that made me a little bit emotional. I definitely had some tears at the end of this book and it started with saying goodbye to them. Um, There's... For people who love history, like I do, um, there's a beauty in the everyday person that, yeah, it's uh, we love the teddies <laughs> and we love the peewees and, you know, we love the, we love the paws and we love all that. But uh, there's a beauty in just remembering everyday people who did extraordinary things and who loved hard and who were committed to their their friends and their family and their community and were fun and funny to be around. Um, you know, we're no more important than somebody that lived 200 years ago, 500 years ago, 500 years into the future, a stegosaurus, <laughs> a uh, elephant that died 150 years ago to me we're all equally important on this planet and i love it when an author can make everyday people that i really care about i can only imagine how difficult it is for tracy to not write a different book about every single character in this town um in the in the parish in the pair in the parish right um it's the every everyone even the characters you see for individual scenes and just never hear from Bo. again. I love Bo. Right. His wife. Yes. There's 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 just in, there's clearly entire like characterizations and real people behind these these characters and it's just like I want to know everything about them. Yeah. Because there's clearly so much depth. Yeah. And I can only imagine how difficult it is to not like get lost into every single one of them. Right, because it's almost like you're kind of just, you're building a community because a, a part of this book is the community that we care about, the folks that we meet. Um, I, and I said it, I want to I want to know more about that voodoo lady. Yeah. Do you think she's the same, so the lady in the swamp, do you think she's the same lady that blew the powder in Teddy's face that time? Do you think she's her spirit? I don't, uh, are they, can, oh. I, I kind of wonder if they're the same person oh you know what i think you're right i didn't make that connection um but i think that is like like and you know that kind of makes sense that uh you know the her original curse at least uh, you know from her perspective was having to wander was never being able to have a home was Mm -hmm. being separated from from what mattered and that's really what happens to that family. Mm-hmm. And so it's almost a continuation of the of the curse. Right. And it's like Teddy's found the way to I mean I'm sure she's lonely for more of that connection she wants, but she's really found a way to be that kind of witch of the woods separate character in not a bad way. You know, sometimes maybe curses are a little flexible. <laughs> maybe there's a little maybe there's a little less elasticity in there. And curses don't and, you know, and that's why I actually said from her perspective, right? Yeah. I am not positive. I, I, I am not confident in um, in that, that voodoo practitioner actually putting a curse on her. You think it was more like planting a seed? I think it might have been more like planting a seed. And it's really easy to blame all of your... Um, 
blame everything bad that happens to you off of an event that happened in the past. Yeah. But sometimes that event that event that happened in the past led, may have led to some of those bad things, but ultimately led to the good thing that you become at the end. Mm-hmm. Aha, uh-huh, a little, little depth there. Kind of like a mentor in disguise. I'm fine with that, and I'm fine if she's just evil. So I'm, oh, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm good either way. Too? I'm yeah. down with that. Good either way. I, I, love a, I, love a good, I love a good evil. And, evil of course, thing. I want to see Pee-wee grow into the conjure woman that she is becoming. Um, so excited for her with that. And, of course, I care about the girls. I want to see... How the girls are doing. I care about Ma. <laughs> like, is she okay? No. She's not really okay. No, absolutely not. How but could maybe, she be? But maybe she finds um, something like that gives her a great second chapter to her life out there, you know, in their new home. She just, I mean, I'm not blaming her, but she just abandoned her two of her three three daughters. She did, Abandon's not the right word. No, that's way too that's, harsh that, that, because, that, yeah. Left behind. But I it mean, was meant to be. Though. I know. I know, but I'm just saying like her, her husband who, you know, wasn't perfect, but she loved very much. We all did. Died. Um, two of her three daughters are not dead, but gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, from her anyway she's not okay she's no and so, but it's like i want to know how she fares you know because i don't want her to end in tragedy yeah and i wouldn't mind just seeing a tiny bit of romance between lone wolf and teddy I'm not saying we're gonna get married or anything but i'd like to see them continue to be there for each other and maybe strengthen that relationship a little bit maybe close the door Maybe close the door, fade to black dynasty style, soap opera style. That is going to be a new inside joke. I love it. My God, if Tracy ever writes anything and says something about (laughs) close the door, I'm going to feel like that's for us. (laughs) Tracy loves us. That's for us. Okay, so now I guess we've we've got to put a bow on this thing. We gotta, yeah, we gotta we gotta score. What are we scoring this out of? <laughs> oh my god, that's hilarious! How many sisters? How many sisters out of out of five? Oh my god, you can't cut a sister in half, can you? <laughs> <laughs> um, this is a five out of five sister book. I mean, like. <laughs> Well, and if you have a half sister, are you cutting her horizontally, vertically, at a diagonal? Maybe just a half sister. Maybe it's just like a half sister. You know? No, it's got to be you cut someone <laughs> sister from a different mister. No, it's got to be a chunk of sister. Um, I love it. And as somebody with a sister, I'm super close to. You know, I'm just gonna rip a little chunk off of her. Oh, beautiful book, Tracy. How about for you, Scott? It is five sisters out of five. I love this book so, so much. Mm-hmm. I want to read it again. Oh. It is a length at which I can read it again, even with my my, uh, time, management. my time management issues. I really, really love this book. And I'm very excited to see what new stories come from Tracy. And yeah. I'm excited. I can't wait to pass this book along to people who need to read it. Oh, yeah. Uh, We have, I guess, two copies now. 
And we're soon going to have zero because it's going to go. It's going to be in rotation out there <laughs> from the Genre Junkies Library. All right. Thank you once again to Tracy Cross for not only writing a phenomenal book that we had such a great time discussing, but for being on our show and giving us time out of her precious, busy day. Tracy, we're going to stay in touch, but good luck with your endeavors. Good luck with your MFA. Um, such big things are happening for her. Um really awesome to have you on this show all right everybody this is sandra this is scott signing off and reminding you to please keep reading past your bedtime 